Amen. So this week's Torah portion is definitely an interesting one. It's one that shows us that we need to follow God's lead. That the journey he takes us on, he has a plan. And that's the good news. The bad news is, we usually try to get in the way, don't we? We like to complain of what God is doing. And so we need to be careful when we see these things happen in our lives, that even though we're going through times of trouble, is it God's plan? Is it his purpose? And is he teaching us something that we need to learn? I know I need to learn something. I need patience, and I want it right now. <laughs> right? That's how we are in life. We expect it to be instantaneous. I think it's, we're like that now because of the Internet, right? Everything that's now is at our fingertips. All we have to do, we don't even have to type anymore. We can just ask Siri, and she'll tell us everything we need to know, right? Man, it's like having a second wife. Some of them got it. The rest will get it later when they get married, right? They're going to tell you exactly what to do. And we're going to do it because we love them, right? But what we see here is an important time. It's a time for the Israelites to really become who we are and for those righteous Gentiles. Because this is really, as we're about to read, this is a test that God has given us, isn't it? You know, he tells us, now I brought you out of the land, now follow me. And I'm going to take you on a journey, and I'm going to protect you. You know, one of the interesting things, one of the, the things I love about this story, remember when the Israelites left Egypt, they didn't really have weapons, did they? And what do we know when Pharaoh's heart gets hardened one more time? God said, I'm not quite done with them yet. It also shows God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? He could have left us there. We would have never seen him again, right? But God wanted us to prove his point, right? So he hardens Pharaoh's heart. And what does Pharaoh do? He gets every single chariot he has, plus his top 600. So he's bringing out the whole everything. And he's going out against us, isn't he? And he's going to show us who's boss. Remember, the Egyptian army was the best army in the world, the best trained, right? Egypt controlled that area. How many wars had the Israelites fought? None. And they could, even though they had over 600,000 men, that's a pretty big army. I wouldn't want to go against them. But if you don't have weapons, that don't mean much, right? So God said, I'm going to take him the long way. And while he does it, he brings Pharaoh back one more time. <coughs> and as the people see him, what do they say to God? What? There wasn't enough graves in Egypt? You had to bring us out here to the wilderness to kill us? They just saw all the miracles God did, right? Boy, I'm sorry, but my people kvetch a lot, right? 
we can complain and complain. We complain about everything. We still do today, right? I think it's hilarious. You go to a, a restaurant, right? You, bring, you, you sit a Southern Baptist pastor, a Catholic priest, and a rabbi. It sounds like a joke, right? You sit them down at a table. And you serve, everyone orders their food, and that food comes out, everything, every one of their services comes out wrong. I guarantee you the Baptist preacher and the Catholic priest will eat it, right? doesn't matter how bad it is, they're going to eat it. But what's that rabbi going to do? Come here. Wait, come, right? And he's going he's to get what he ordered, right? Now, who's right in that situation? I think the rabbi is, right? You get what you're supposed to get, right? <coughs> but too many times, you know, this, oh, we'll just... Be quiet about it. Well, that doesn't help the owners because they don't know there's a problem, right? You just never come back again. So we are allowed to convince about some things, but other things we probably shouldn't, right? But this is where it all came from. It came from Moses. It's Moses' fault, right? We're going to blame it on Moses. But the people, you know, they start, they start complaining, right? And God just says, give me a minute. And what happens? The best army starts coming after them, and they drowned in the sea. Right? And what starts coming up on the shores? The bodies with their weapons and their armor. Now they're equipped. Right? So even though sometimes God takes us the long way around, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for what he's doing. And we need to be able to lock in on that and understand the purpose and plan that God has. And that's what he's calling us to do today still. Nothing's changed. We still need to follow his calling. I want you to, we're going to look literally at one verse. Uh, Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. What was the whole reason of bring, giving them the food and bringing them out there? We're about to find out right now. Then Adonai said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread down from heaven for you. The people will go out and gather a day's portion every day. Right? So what is the job that we're supposed to do? We go out and to get exactly what we need for that day. Right? A day's portion. Right? So that I can what? Test them to find out whether they will what? Walk according to my Torah or not. So when God puts something on your heart to do, are you to do more than it or less than it? Who thinks less? Raise your hand. Who thinks more? Oh, you guys are good. Right? We're not, but how many people will do more? Let's face it, there's one, one honest person in the whole group. It's amazing. Right? We'll try to do more, or we, we don't have enough faith that maybe, you know, what happens if God forgets? Right? He might not give us the bread tomorrow. We saw that in this, in this week's Torah portion, right? God said for six, if you take the food, it said he gave them the bread, right? Everyone ate, they were full, they had everything they needed. And then, but some of them held over, right? 
Because they didn't trust in the Lord. And what happened to that bread the next day? Rotten and, and worms. Mmm. Right? But that same bread is picked up on Shabbat, on Friday before Shabbat. It lasted the next day. Right? This was a pretty, that's pretty interesting. Even the bread knew when Shabbat was. So what we have to remember is don't try to overdo God. Too many people try to do that. I see it today. Right? Why is he telling us to do this? To see if we'll obey him. Right? God tells us to keep one day for Shabbat. Should you keep two? Some of the millennials want to keep a whole week, I think, right? Sorry if you're a millennial, but you'll get a participation award at the end of the service. No, just kidding. <laughs> Y'all went quiet on that joke. <laughs> the millennials got it, though, didn't you all? They understand what I'm saying, right? But what we're talking about here is really important because what we need to do is to realize that God has a purpose. And he's bringing us to that point, not to overdo, not to underdo, but just to do what God asks. He makes life really simple. It's not hard to follow God's Torah. It's interesting because if you talk to the body of believers that worship on Sunday, they don't want anything to do with the Torah, right? We have Andy Stanley out there now saying, you know, we have the, the Ten Commandments don't even mean anything anymore. There's a problem in the world because God's testing us to keep his commandments not make it more or less we're not to make it easy it already is pretty easy right you don't have to eat ham pretty much some selfish and you get over the kosher stuff right that's pretty much all it's about a couple animals you can't eat you'll live right without eating ham or or or, or uh, parts of pigs. Right? That life's still going to go on. But see, the body is being taught away from it. Because that's what the devil wants, isn't it? When people come up and start saying that, oh, the Ten Commandments don't mean anything. So, it's okay if I commit adultery, steal, lie. Now I'm sounding like a politician, aren't I? None of those things are legal. You can't tell me that God wants us to do that, to be done with it. On the contrary, he's telling us to, that this is a test. Obey him. Follow his simple commands and see where he's going to lead us. Because we know where their journey's going to, right? They've just started out and God's already equipped them to be prepared to take on the enemy. In fact, we read in this week's Torah portion <coughs> about the first battle. Who comes into the picture? What group? The who? Malachites, right? And he sends Joshua out there. He says, take the men and go fight them. <coughs> and what does he do? Moses stands on top of a mountain 
and raises his hands in the air. And Aaron and her is right next to him. And as his hands are raised, what happens to the battle? The Israelites are winning. But when his arms come down, they start losing. So what do they do? They prop his arms up. See, they give him support. And that's what we're to do to one another. As we go through our journey of learning and understanding the Torah, each of us is there to help one another. To lift him up when it starts getting heavy. Because you know what? You're going to be tempted. Lynn spoke about that. Let's not get so super spiritual that we let the horse die. Right? We've got to put that logic in there. And we know what happened in this war. Why did, they win? Why did the Israelites win the war? Was it because of their great strength and power? No, it's because God was with them. And God is with you. And he's lifting you up. And you have support to go forward, to continue on his journey. Because the ultimate goal of this journey that he's taking the Israelites on right now is to take us to Mount Sinai. So that he can give us his word. And that we can be his people. And he's taking us from every tribe, tongue, and nation. We need to follow his journey. We need to walk in his ways. And we're going to learn some things on the way. The best thing is God's going to prepare us for what's to come. And that's so important on his journey. You know, I never for will forget after I became a believer and I was praying and the Lord put on my heart to go back to school. I didn't want to go back to school. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm a one-eyed dyslexic. I don't like to go to school. And then it got worse when I was praying because he said, not only are you going to go back to school, you're going to make straight A's. I'm here to tell you right now, I was never a straight A student. Not that I couldn't do it, but I didn't want to do it. And then I remember going back to the school. Started getting 98 on tests and hundreds and teachers saying, I've learned so much from you. And I want to say, wait, is it supposed to be the other way around? But that was God working on me. What happens if I hadn't fought God on that? I would have failed, and I would have failed into his journey. He gave me a path to walk on. And that's why we're here today. We need to be obedient to him. He does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He will make you who you need to be. Don't forget that. And remember the next, one of the next great scriptures to memorize. No weapon formed against me will prosper, says the Lord. God's in control of your life. Let him lead you. Stop complaining and follow. Listen to that still small voice that's guiding you. It will tell you what God is wanting you to do. And you know what? Sometimes you've got to go the long way to get to the promised land. But there's teachings along the way. The Israelites learned that. Here's the neat thing. Do you realize 
How many soldiers attacked the Egyptians? Come on, for you know, Bible history for 500, who's got the answer? Zero. God fought the battle for us. Do you not think he can still do that today? He took out all of them. Do you think your problems that you're going through right now is too hard for God? Give it up to him. Seek his will. Pray to the Lord what you're to do. Because God has a purpose. And you know what? Not only do, did the Israelites learn who God was, but all the people around Egypt, right? All the people that's going to go... Wait till we get to Jericho. Right? Remember that little story? Again, not a, wet, not, not a sword was drawn, but the wep, God's weapon of mass destruction. That's what I call these things. The shofar. God's weapon, this thing will take down the walls. You want me to blow it right now and show you? You guys are crazy. We're inside the building. Let's go outside first, right? That was a test. I went up <laughs> Right? Mythbusters has proven it could happen. No weapon was used. But God sounded the shofar. And the walls came tumbling down. God will do our battles for us. All we have to do is be obedient. That's what he's trying to teach us right now. Is the obedience to listen to him. Not to try to do more. Not to overcompensate or undercompensate. But trust in the Lord. If he tells you to do one thing, just do it. Don't add on to it. Don't say, oh, well, the Lord doesn't need really that much of my money. Right? You know, we, we still have the open thing today. If you tithe, and at the end of the year, you haven't been blessed. I'm not talking just spiritually, but physically and emotionally, right? You can have your money back. Because you know what? I know God's word is true. I have no fear. We got to trust in Him. You do your part, He will do His. I could bring you person up here after person who are, good, are, are, are true tithers, and they will tell you how God has blessed them, blessed their business, blessed their work that they do. You know, I was at a meeting the other day with about, and it was a class about teaching people how to flip houses. And the guy who came up, the first thing he said, he said, you want to know why I'm successful? Because a tithe, a tenth goes to, the, to his church every deal he does. And I said, you know, that, that, that is so true, man. When you do it God's way, and you give him the glory, guess what? He's going to out... How many of you can outgive God? Raise your hand. If you can outgive God, I want to see you after service. Right? No one can. God provides. And you know how he provides? He provides by blessing us. You know, I have never gotten a check from God. I knew I, if I, and I would know it if I saw it. Trust me. 
It'd be from the bank of the heavens, right? Account number one. Right? God doesn't write checks to us. What does he do? He gives us the body, and the body becomes obedient. We're going to see a little bit when Moses goes down and asks people for silver and gold, right? They give so freely that he has to do what? Stop! Could you imagine if a pastor or a rabbi came out one day and said, No more ties! Wouldn't that be cool? Because <coughs> the people gave from their hearts. And that's what God's calling us to do. Be obedient. Follow His Torah. That's what this word is all about. Are you ready to walk in His Torah? Because that's what He's about to have us do. It's going to be a journey. And you know what? We're going to learn to praise Him. You realize by the time that generation passes... That next generation's ready to go in and take the land, aren't they? They're ready to go and worship the Lord. They don't fight Him. Now they praise Him. And that's what we got to get over. Stop fighting the Lord. Listen to that still, small voice. Be obedient. And follow Him. Because He has a great plan for you. He's got your life set out before you. And you might not understand the journey where it's taking you sometime, and that's okay. And there's some battles you're going to have to fight. But you know what? There's other battles that God's going to go ahead and fight them for you in advance. Be ready to follow Him. That's what He's asking the Israelites to do, and that's what He's asking us to do today. He's given us His Son, Yeshua. Those simple words that Yeshua said to us. Take up your cross and follow Him. Yeshua says in Matthew 5.17, I have not come to abolish the Torah of the prophets, but to bring it to its fullness. And those who keep the commandments and teach others to do so will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I have it memorized. Because what God's telling us is He's not done with His commandments. But Yeshua has brought it to us to give it to that perfection that, the, that Moses and others were striving for we can have in Him through the Ruach HaKodesh that leads us. And that's what's so important. Let the Spirit move in your life and watch to see how God blesses it. If He's ready to do more and more and more, He's going to take you to the promised land. You need to follow Him. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Bow your head and close your eyes. I want to encourage you out there. First of all, if you don't know who Yeshua is, you need to let Him into your life.
If you're watching live stream now or around the world or uh, once it's archived and you're ready to receive them into your life, all you need to do is contact us on the information you see on the screen. And wherever you are around the world, we will pray with you that prayer of salvation. If you're here right now, every eye closed, every head bowed, and you're ready to say yes to him, or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him, all you need to do is raise your hand, and we'll say a simple prayer and support with you. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? I see that hand back there. Anyone else? And let's all rise. Young gentleman who raised his hand and anyone else, if you haven't had a chance to say this prayer yet, maybe you're ready to but you put your hand up, but you're ready, you can say it with us. And for those of you who are believers, I want you to say it in support of this young man. Abba Father, I have sinned against you. I ask Yeshua into my life. I ask to follow his path and his journey. Teach me your ways. Make me a new creature. Lord, thank you for dying and coming back again and sitting at the right hand of the Father. And because you live today, I can live. Take away my sins. Make me a new creature. In Yeshua's name. Amen. The scripture says that if you can't profess God before man on earth, how can God profess, how can Yeshua profess you before God in heaven? So the way we do it here is very simple. The young gentleman who raised his hand and anyone else, if you said that prayer, just come forward right now and shake my hand as that outward sign of acceptance. Amen. Put your name. Amen. Harold says the heavens and angel are rejoicing, and we are rejoicing with them today. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.